the point was to get out there a more natural solution for tattoo healing and kind of off of that prototype and some Facebook ads, we were able to drive like $300,000 worth of sales that summer off of one product alone, which I think was a huge point in kind of verifying that we had some product market fit and that there was a need in the industry. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Oliver Zach, who is the CEO and co-founder of Mad Rabbit. Oliver, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Hey, it's my pleasure. So I want to start with just the story of you starting Mad Rabbit. You know, you guys fill a white space really in the, the tattoo care market. How'd you come up with this idea and why do you think it's grown so quickly? It's a great question. Um, I think it makes sense to start a little bit earlier than that with kind of how my partner Salam and I got started in business together in general. Um, I think it was sophomore year of college. He brought to me the concept of of e-commerce and we really spent the next six months kind of deep diving on on what it means to build a brand online. We started off drop shipping, taught us a ton about building a brand differentiating on things like customer service and ambassador programs because we weren't able to compete on product differentiation. Kind of after learning a few lessons there and actually doing quite well, it was our our first exit. And I laugh when I say that because I think we made like $7,000 off of it when we sold it. It was was a big deal for us as college kids. And more importantly, it was kind of a a check in the box as far as this being a a potential interest of mine moving forward. Uh, I felt that we we were pretty good at it. And we were in between companies when it came to second semester senior year and graduation was quickly approaching. Salam and I both had full-time jobs, uh, but there was kind of this itch that that needed to be scratched as far as, you know, us continuing to dabble with, with digital marketing. Um, so I had my second or third tattoo appointment at the time. I remember being very frustrated with the age-old healing recommendation of, of petroleum jelly, which has been pervasive in the industry for probably the last 40 years or so. And I was actually walking into my tattoo appointment in Oxford, Ohio, uptown, and asked them if they had any alternatives that were more natural. Turns out there were not. And that was kind of like the red flag that initially sparked our interest in bringing clean and vegan natural tattoo care to market. So Salam and I Went home after the appointment. He came with me, ordered a bunch of bulk ingredients off of Amazon and various apothecaries throughout Southern Ohio and ordered a huge, essentially crock pot and started kind of mixing it in a cauldron. With that came our first formulation, with, which was our all natural tattoo balm. It's seven natural ingredients, which you can use for the tattoo aftercare process. I will say today we have products that are formulated more specifically for it, like our soothing gel. But the point was to get out there a more natural solution for for tattoo healing. And kind of off of that prototype and some Facebook ads, we were able to drive like $300,000 worth of sales that summer off of one product alone, which I think was a huge point in kind of verifying that we had some product market fit and that there was a need in the industry. So you mentioned there that uh, you guys launched, you know, your first business and then the second one while you're both students and you were students at Miami University. What advantages did this give you kind of to connect with your audience and to think about the business as a whole? It's not a uh, particularly tattooed school, I will say. You know, since then, we've actually launched a college ambassador program really focused on more metropolitan areas where tattoos are a bit more 
plentiful. But with that being said, what Miami was great for was an entrepreneurial ecosystem that really supported and, and championed startups and really trying your own thing. Salam and I ended up joining a business fraternity freshman year, which kind of speaks to some of the resources available on campus for those who are interested in entrepreneurship. And that's that's actually how we initially met. So I would say like outside of my finance degree, which, you know, I went to to understand and learn the language of business. Um, the biggest value add for Miami while I was there was definitely just the entrepreneurial community of students and faculty and and the farmer school of business. So when you think about all that growth that you know Mad Rabbits had, what do you really attribute to that growth, and what drove you to kind of say, "I this is why I want to jump into full time post graduation"? Yeah, totally. It's I never expected to be the tattoo guy per se. Um, but what I what I have always prided myself on is kind of identifying areas of of open opportunity. You know, I knew that tattoos were becoming increasingly popular. And I also knew that they had been around for thousands of years, which is kind of a, a weird trend to see so late in the, I don't know, cultural adoption of tattoos, I'll call it. In 2012, I believe it was around 20% of US adults had a tattoo. And now in 2023, it's it's closer to 50%. So all of that growth is is really coming in a very short period of time. So I think part of part of our success in, in reaching the masses is definitely riding the wave of, of tattoo popularity and acceptance across the world. This is definitely a, a global trend as well. Japan just recently legalized the process of tattooing. South Korea did the same. I think this is something, a, a movement that's global and self-expression for the most part is is really being championed through tattoos right now. You mix that with an industry that's ripe for disruption, you know, the, the kind of points that I'll point to there are, you know, it's historically a cash only under the table business. There were never really any formal training for tattoo apprentices or aspiring tattoo artists. You really just had to convince a shop to, you know, show you the ropes and and teach you. And I think that lends itself to a pretty, pretty slow to adopt or, or pretty exclusive community of, of aspiring artists. Where we are today is there's tons of resources online available, which Mad Rabbit is, is passionate about helping get out there. But I guess really the, the main thing was people really resonated with the fact that that tattoos don't always heal well. And a lot of the reason for that is the petroleum jelly recommendation. It's it's great if you fall and scrape your knee because it build, helps build up a scab, which is a natural barrier to bacteria and dirt. But that's actually really bad for tattoos because the ink gets lodged in the scabs. And when those scabs fall off, your your tattoo can look pretty atrocious on week two, which is really frustrating considering they just spent, you know, in some cases, thousands of dollars and hours of pain on that tattoo. So I think it's it was really just addressing a pain point that made a lot of sense to a lot of people that nobody had had really thought to innovate on for really thousands of years. So with the business, why'd you decide to go on Shark Tank? And what's been the kind of impact on the business since then? So I was actually not the one to apply to Shark Tank. It was my partner, Salam. I had grown up watching it as a kid since I was, I think, 13 years old with my family every Friday. Um, It was just kind of a thing we did in our house. My dad is an entrepreneur. I knew that I eventually wanted to be doing my own thing. So when it came down to it and and we got the call that, hey, Shark Tank's interested, which I never really expected to come, as many, many don't when they file that application. It was really like a a childhood dream come true in in a way. I think it gave us access to a very broad audience, right? Who is not necessarily our target customer. I think 
the person who watches Shark Tank isn't necessarily a heavily tattooed person, but they very likely have nieces or nephews or, you know, grandchildren who do or are interested in tattoos, which goes a long way for gifting holiday season and, and just overall brand awareness. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. One of the things you talked earlier about was you originally started the brand kind of around the, the healing aspect of it. Since then, as you mentioned, you've expanded the brand across a lot of different product lines beyond just that original tattoo ball. What drives that product innovation strategy and deciding something's the right thing to launch under Mad Rabbit? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. A lot of it is actually sourced from our community. So one of the very cool things about Mad Rabbit is we've really become an umbrella for a bunch of different subcultures who are passionate about what they do and wear their heart on their sleeve. So we have a very diverse group of people, whether it's surfers, chefs, hairstylists, tattoo artists themselves. All of these people are then brought under the Mad Rabbit umbrella who and, uh, you know, connect on things like sharing tattoos, best tips and tricks. And then most excitingly for us, what we get to leverage is conversation between the brand and our consumers. So most of our products have actually initially come from ideation within our online communities. They've asked for, you know, soaps, lotions etc which is really exciting because it kind of extends beyond the the aftercare period which i'll call that first two to three weeks after you get a new tattoo and really into the daily care and daily maintenance that side of the product line is is really important for long-term care because you know a lot of the cpg giants they're formulating for the mass consumer and until that number ticks past 51 percent of u.s adults having at least one tattoo it's not a population worth formulating for in their eyes. So we kind of were able to be small and nimble and listen to our customer and ideate and innovate accordingly. Once we have those ideas, it kind of moves on to prototyping and product development stage where, you know, we're getting samples from our, our chemist and our manufacturer. And then one of our final checks is we actually clear it with Dr. Elliot Love, who is on our advisory board. He is a tattooed dermatologist and skin cancer surgeon. So he's a really strong point of authority that we're able to leverage from a scientific ingredient perspective to kind of put the cherry on top, if you will. So in addition to kind of that innovation strategy around your products, you guys have a really unique distribution strategy when it comes to retail. You know, obviously you sell on direct to consumer on your main website, but you also sell in places like Urban Outfitters, GNC, and tattoo shops across the country. Mm -hmm. What led you to this strategy versus, you know, chasing maybe a mass retailer like a Target or a Kroger? Yep, definitely. So I, I do want to clarify that I think those mass retailers are definitely part of the overall vision, right? We want to be wherever a customer wants to buy us, but we definitely wanted to create a swell of, of brand awareness before attempting a successful launch in, in one of those big box stores. 
So our strategy initially, very initially, was direct-to-consumer online only, right? Through Shopify, Facebook, Amazon. That was our bread and butter and how we reached our million customers that we have today. You know, once we kind of started to gather some of that brand awareness, then it started to make sense to launch in what I call brand accretive retailers. So retailers that make sense for reasons outside of, of money. And that's where I'll call Urban Outfitters to Light, for example. Our customers under 35 years old, living in, in metropolitan areas um, and, and passionate young people, basically, which is exactly what Urban Outfitters customer is. So that kind of gave us our, our cool checkbox, if you will, from a retailer perspective. And then we started thinking, what other communities have highly passionate customers? And the health and wellness one makes a lot of sense for us because not only do, do health fans really care about what they're putting in their body, but also on their body. And if they're going to the gym uh, and they want their, their muscles to look good, they probably want their tattoos to look good as well. So I think that's what GNC saw as a great opportunity for us. They saw it as an opportunity to expand beyond supplements and into a really exciting area of, of skincare that a lot of their customer base would resonate with. The tattoo parlor channel is is a really, really important one for us. And this year and after this recent raise has really become a, a major focus for us. If you think about it, it's it's point of care billboard space. It's it's selling aftercare products, you know, right where they are needed and when they're needed. And most importantly, it's it's getting the artist recommendation on our side. The tattoo artist is the authority of how you should be healing your tattoo. They're the ones who spent hours packing that ink into your skin. They, in theory, should know best how to heal their finished products. So, you know, getting in the artist's hands and winning over the recommendation and showing them that, you know, these products are far superior to anything that they'd grown up using is becoming an increasingly part important part of our overall retail strategy. Speaking to all that growth of, of the tattoo industry, approaching 51% of, of U.S. adults having a tattoo at this point, those tattoos have to come from somewhere, right? So the artist is, is really the bread and butter to be one at the end of the day there for us. And then I'll also just add, we have the unique opportunity to sell in a lot of other fragmented retailers, right? Like surfers and skateboarders have tattoos. And like I said, chefs have tattoos and hairstylists and barbers have tattoos. These are all different wholesale channels that tattoos are pretty much the only kind of common link that I can think of from a, a consumer pack, package good perspective that can sell across various channels like that. You mentioned your uh, most recent funding with your Series A, which came from Lucas Brand Equity. What are the plans for the business as you uh, bring in this funding? So part of the funds are for building out that kind of boots on the ground sales team that's going to be approaching the tattoo parlor market. There's about 25 to 30,000 parlors within the U.S. as it stands today. And for the reasons I mentioned, it's it's really important space for us to win over. So building a big sales team, which we had never done before being a, a strictly digital brand historically. We're also looking to up our, our content production. So we're opening a headquarters in Los Angeles this spring, summer. That's really going to serve as a content enabled tattoo studio. So we'll have, you know, our, our pro team artists tattooing out of there, capturing 360 content, everything from the tattoo process to product testimonials to, you know, allowing them a space to record and, and grow their own personal brand, which is a really exciting opportunity for us to empower them 
gain value from them and also provide them value. So it should be a really cool flywheel from a, a content perspective. And then lastly, additional product development. So most of the products we have today, with the exception of our Tattoo Glide, which is our most recent launch, are all within the consumer facing side of, of products. The Glide and a few of our other innovations in the pipeline are really going to be focused on giving the artist a better tattoo experience, which I think will go a long way as far as winning over the recommendation for aftercare and then daily maintenance beyond it. When you look at uh, that market, you know that's kind of your plans for the, the business as a whole. Where do you see the future of the tattoo market going? It's a good question. There's always the concept of the, the pendulum swing, right? And we've had quite a few years of significant growth of tattoo culture. I will say the benefit of, of tattoos in our case is that they're permanent. So far more people are, are getting tattoos than are getting rid of their tattoos. So I think it's, it's a trend that, you know, as the older Gen X, the baby boomers, as that population starts to dwindle, that 51% number is just going to grow continually just, just by factor of, of population. So in addition to that, assuming the popularity of tattoos continues, you know, we could see up to 70% in the next 10 years of, of people having tattoos, which is a really exciting concept for me. I really appreciate you taking the time to share the, the story of Matter Abbott and all the amazing growth that you guys have had since uh, walking the campus in Oxford, Ohio. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity, Dave. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.